Good morning. It's Sunday, July 5th, 2020. Welcome to this multimedia resource where you can worship at home, foster your spiritual and devotional life following our Lord and Savior Jesus. You can download a copy of the Order of Service from our website and print it off to follow along at home or follow the prompts as they appear on the screen. God bless you today in his word. Hope is alive, even though it is dismissed. Sunday, July 5th, 2020, a service of word and prayer. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty! Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Alleluia! Death has been swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia! Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The reading is Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 12. Here the apostles preach the risen Christ as the one name by which we are saved. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The risen Savior is the way to everlasting life. The Holy Gospel is John chapter 14, verses 1 to 11. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? 
Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Last week, we looked in detail at the power and the practice of the early Christian church. We saw how they were devoted to the gospel content, the communal setting, the divine means, and the habitual practice of the Christian faith. And we saw how God used those four things to grow his church deeper and wider over time. This week, we are still in the book of Acts, but a couple chapters later. What's happened in this context is this. The powerful mission movement of the church has gotten the attention of both secular and religious authorities of the day. That's because the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all its implications, they bo- it offends both the conventional wisdom of secular thinking and even traditional religious thinking. So the authorities in the first century arrested the apostles of Jesus, jailed the apostles of Jesus, and tried to gag the apostles of Jesus. And that's the context of what we read in Acts chapter 4 today. That's the kind of thing that's been happening to the apostles as a result of their work. And the basic gist of the persecution, or the words that they were getting from the authorities, was this. You can believe whatever you want about Jesus, but you need to stop talking like other people need to believe the same thing. Tell me, does that sound familiar to you? Today, it seems the common assumption is that religious faith is good in private, but dangerous when acted out in front of others. Today, the claim that Jesus is the only way of salvation is seen as backwards at best and bigoted at worst. Christians are told to get with the times and give up on any exclusive claims over what others should believe to be saved and just keep it as a private matter inside. And sadly, many Christians do just that. The irony, of course, is that this idea that the truth needs to be subjective and internal and not public and external isn't really some hallmark of 21st century progress. This is a thought that's already thousands of years old and has been tried again and again. In reality, we live in a time today that is quite similar to the pluralism of the first century Roman world in which the early church grew and flourished. The upside-down, topsy-turvy, anything-goes morality of today's world is strikingly similar to the ancient world's view of right and wrong. Indeed, the age-old spiritual logic we have inherited from our first parents comes down again and again from generation to generation, 
That old spiritual logic is this. My way is best, and how dare you suggest otherwise. Yet in the face of all the cultural opposition that worked to stifle the spread of the gospel, Peter, the apostle who often spoke up first, proclaimed these words in Acts chapter 4, and this is what's at the heart of our thinking today. He said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now that was a bold thing to say in the first century, just like it's a bold thing to say in the 21st century. But don't mistake this as macho chest-thumping to own the libs or anything like that. Peter is proclaiming a truth that produces profound results. This isn't bravado. This is truth. He's saying something incredibly exclusive, actually. But the result is somehow the opposite. The result is about as inclusive as anything is on this earth. You see, people often work with this assumption that Christianity basically looks like medieval Europe, where a group of mostly white Western churches were united by Christian traditions. But that is not at all what the church has looked like for most of its history. Even now, if you took a random sample of 100 Christians from all over the globe, almost 70 of them would live in cities and about 70 of them would live somewhere other than Europe or America. And only 10 of them would speak our native language. The fact of the matter is that the Christian faith is the only truly diverse faith on the planet. Every other world religion is historically and closely tied to an ethnic or geographic area. But not the way of Christ. It's never been that way. Somehow, the the completely exclusive message of Christianity has resulted in the most inclusive body of believers in history. Somehow God includes by excluding. Now that's a bit of a paradox, but this is what experience and history shows us, and the reason for it is actually quite straightforward once you realize what God is doing, specifically what God is excluding when he says that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is the only way. What God is excluding is us. That means he rules out our desires and wishes because those desires and wishes are corrupt by their very nature, and those desires and wishes are often the source of sin and abuse. God rules out the idols of our hearts. He excludes them. He, he, he excludes the sources of identity and honor and prestige that we like to prop up in place of the one true living God. God, he rules out our, our strength because when we try to reach God by our own effort, we're nat- we'll, we'll naturally conclude that we're also owed something because of our effort. And that debt dynamic that I'm owed something is at the root of so many 
of our problems, of our anger, our, our greed, and all our conflict. We think things are owed to us, they're out of balance, and therefore we must act in a certain way. God also even rules out our hope, because if we parse the reality of a holy God against the fact of our own sin, we, we conclude that, yes, we do deserve an ultimate exclusion forever, because our grievances, our offenses against God, are are actually against an eternal standard, and so the, the only reaction can be equally eternal. God is excluding us, which is, in reality, a hard message. But do you see what happens when God does that? When God rules us out, he's actually opening the door to include us once again. You see, he's ruling out the entire man-made spiritual economy, the whole thing. He tosses it out to the curb with us with it in favor of the only spiritual way that works, the one that comes from God as gift, as grace. This means the underlying logic behind all of mankind's sinful sorrow is actually repudiated and rebuked in Jesus Christ. It's sent packing. It's rebuked by Jesus Christ, the one name by which we must be saved. That means your name and mine is ruled out. It's not your success at work, nor your excellence as a mother, not your affluence in the economy or your reputation as a leader, not your marital status in life or your level of influence in society. There's nothing that says, my way is best, my work has done it that is allowed to stand. It is all ruled out, completely and totally. Instead, there's only one name, not mine, not yours, but the name Jesus Christ, the one who died for enemies against all the conventional wisdom of the world, the one who rose to life against all the uniform experience of history, the one who appeared against the skepticism that comes naturally to us all, the one who ascended against the hopes that he'd rule a kingdom of this world, the one who rules now a kingdom not of this world, against the darkness that would otherwise envelop us, the one who will return to right all that has been wrong. To be sure, by God's providence, mankind does not carry out all the evil we are capable of, potentially. God has provided the blessings of civilization to keep the worst tendencies of humanity in check and to guard us against the destructive forces of nature. Yet we cannot escape the conclusion that our nature is what leads to divisions, to hatred, war, distress, and sorrow upon sorrow. There is something broken inside us that ends up driving us apart and excluding us from one another and from God which is why, paradoxically, unexpectedly, counterintuitively, the exclusive message that Jesus Christ is the way and that we are not the way, it ends up including all who will believe because it rules us out so that our divisions are set aside and everything that we would use to create our divisions is set aside so that we can be included in the unity of Jesus Christ. God has brought you into that unity, baptized you into the name by which we are saved, brought you into the body of believers through which God works this faith and this continued community.
and God's promises that just as surely as Jesus has risen from the dead, he will return to raise you as well to new life. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As newborn infants who long for pure spiritual milk, let us come before the Lord seeking his mercy with confidence that his grace will be sufficient for all our needs. Almighty Father, everlasting God, your Son has revealed you to us as a merciful Lord. Give to us your Holy Spirit that we may believe in him whom you have sent, and do the greater works he has told us we will do in his name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you have promised to build up your church to be a holy priesthood that your people might offer the spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving acceptable to you. Bless your church and bring all congregations back together again. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless church workers and those preparing for full-time church vocations that your church may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, your power brought all things into being and still you preserve what you have made. Bless our President, the Congress of these United States, our Governor, and all elected and appointed civil servants so that they may honor you and your purpose, establishing order and justice, encouraging virtue and protecting all life. Give wisdom and moderation to them and their leadership for the well-being of the nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O merciful Father, you have compassion upon the sick and those in need and have promised not to ignore them in their afflictions. Turn back the pandemic across the globe and give us relief. Bless the sick with healing, those who suffer with strength and patience, and the dying with peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you have established the home and blessed those who show us your love. Bless all mothers and the children in their care. Bless all fathers and the children they raise. Bless all families and make their homes places of blessing and love where your word is spoken, where forgiveness reigns and love is displayed. Give us good examples to inspire youth to all that is good and pure and to seek after these things. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you, God, for your goodness in hearing the prayers of your people and granting us confidence to approach your throne of mercy. Hear us now in the name of, and for the sake of, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, both now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us. Amen.